Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Good afternoon and welcome to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. I'm going to be hanging around with you for the next hour as your host. I'm Kathy Cook Noble and it's always exciting to check in uh, during the week so that we can talk about another topic in finance that I hope is maybe a little bit more interesting when we get done with it or a little bit easier when we get done with it because that's what we try and do here is is make it uh, a lot more user-friendly than what uh, sometimes is the financial and perception. So we take every topic that we can think of that people encounter and it's not just a hard, complicated in investment or insurance topic or even just a finance topic question that people have. Um, it doesn't have to be some hard to understand complicated formula. It just has to be the stuff that you encounter every day. What's important to you is all that matters. It's just knowing your stuff. You don't have to know everybody else's You have to understand things that don't affect you. It's nice to know for interest sake, if you're interested in it, sure. If you want to know how trusts work, but you don't actually need one, well, that's cool. You can learn that too. But let's make sure that your own financial house is in order and as efficient as possible so that everything works for you. And that's what we do attempt every week here at Financially Speaking and in general is what we attempt on the Inspired Choices Network. So I always tell people, plug yourself into the other shows. We are on over 50 platforms around the world. You can find us anywhere. There is no topic too big or too small for us to tackle on any of the shows, uh, which is my area. or maybe you don't understand it. So, you know, maybe you have a business question and you might want to check in to see what Christy McIver is, has got going on with her show. And and uh, if you do... Oops, there we go. So we're just playing with some technology here. See, we do all things here at Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. So now... Um, I was just going to mention, you know what, we can, as if you have a question about technology, clearly I'm not the one you want to ask, but there is other people on the network that you would want to ask. So don't be afraid to ask them. Uh, if you have a business question, ask Christine, plug into her show. Uh, if you have a show that you have an idea for, talk to Christine about it. She will guide you through everything. You do not need to have the experience. Obviously, you see my technology challenges every so often. I'm not. So you just roll with whatever uh, kind of happens or you talk to these great producers that we have who, by the way, Keisha is always a rock star and she keeps me on track and keeps me sounding, I, I hope sound, she keeps me sounding good. It's what content comes out of my mouth that has to make me sound good for my sake. <laughs> so if you need a show or you have a show in mind, uh, talk to Christy. She's got a lot of really uh, great ideas and there's a lot of uh, opportunities there where you can help share your gifts with everybody else. So today, we're going to talk a little bit about something. It's kind of um, common to under to hear these in Canada. There are common terms to hear, but it's not so common necessarily on what they are and how you can use them. So we're going to talk a little bit about investments today. 
and different uh, investment tools or vehicles that you can use to invest your money. So when I say, I know we're, we've got uh, friends around the world and, and those of you in the United States that are listening, when I say TFSA or RSP, it's very similar to saying uh, IRA or 401k. It's a very similar idea. Um, one is a an investment, which I'm going to talk about for retirement with uh, tax-free growth. There's another one that could be for retirement that is a deferred tax growth. So that's your 401k. So that's your where your, your employer contributes, you contribute. It's a pre-tax uh, investment, which means you're not paying the tax on it now. You're deferring it for payments into the future. Uh, the other one, the IRA or Roth IRA, you have um, different terminologies there, and, and they're based on different tax structures and that. So it's a very, very similar concept. So when I'm going to refer to the Canadian one because that's that's what I know best. That's what I'm licensed to talk about uh, in my role as an advisor during the day and as a as a bookkeeper here in, in Canada. Uh, I'm going to talk to you about the difference between a TFSA and an RSP or both. So I get the question a lot about, uh, the first question I get is, what is it? And then the second question is usually, well, is that for me? Is that something I should be using? So I'm going to start with the what is it? Because that's a lot of the confusion right there. That if we can dispel that confusion, well, the rest of it, if it's, if it's for me question, makes it a lot easier. So today when we talk about investments, I'm going to specifically talk to you about some initials because the financial industry is certainly no has no shortage of initials. Um, we use a lot of the letters of the alphabet even though it's all numbers based, but we do use a lot of letters in the alphabet to describe stuff. Um, but just on a general conversation first, before I jump into the TFSA and RSPs and what they are, just in general, people ask about investing and savings and what's the difference and should I be, when should I be, how much should I be, and those kind of questions. Everything, and I know I say this and I sound like a broken record, but the truth is they ev- every single thing is customizable to you. It's all about you. And when I say that to people, I sincerely mean it. It's all about you. So should you be investing? Well, yes. Everyone should be investing or should they or they should be saving for emergencies. They should be looking at this. But what should they be doing? That's the question. So it's it's fine and well for me to say to somebody, oh, you should be investing $1,000 a month. It's not realistic for everybody. It's not even something that's on their radar. But if you can get started with, you know, $10 a week or $20 a month or whatever that number is that works in your budget, it's habit forming. And that's the thing about investments is it, one, it forces you to look at your money and watch your money, call it a budget, call just tracking your cash, call it just watching your expenses. You don't have to get fancy on it, but it just forces you to look at your money and your stuff. And the second thing it does is it starts to build some good habits without hurting you or causing you any kind of physical pain. It's not supposed to be like that. So the idea is if you can sit down and either with the help of an advisor or if you if you can do it on your own, um, then do it that way. Or if you have a friend or a cousin or an accountability partner or whatever you want to call it, where you can at least get started and say, you know what, my goal is I'm going to save $20 a month and that's going to go towards my emergency fund. And then once you get going with that and you start to have You've had so many $20 a month that now you have $1,000. Like, well, maybe I want to actually invest it in something. So that's when you're going to probably want the help of a professional to guide you on what's the proper thing for you to be invested in, what's the most tax efficient, what's the purpose of this, and how do we set it up so that it gives you the most return for the time and the 
the purpose that you're looking for. So for example, if you're saying, listen, this is going to be money that's for my long term, my retirement plan, then that's going to be a different kind of investment than something where it's, this is my money that I'm going to take on my trip next year that I need to have available. So there's a, there's a difference between what you're going to be investing in and what you're going to be looking at. So those are some of the things that you look at. But the nice part is it just forces you to look at it. And it, this isn't something that's going to take you days on end every month to do. This is something that you're going to sit down and every week you might, you know, post your cash ins and outs. And maybe if you're investing $10 or you're saving $10 a week, or maybe you're saving $20 a month, it doesn't matter, whatever the number is, you're going to see that automatically come out of your bank account and go into a separate spot where you're saving the money. And then you're going to hopefully, as you keep progressing through to these steps, you're going to need somebody to help you with the tax planning and the tax efficiencies and the estate planning because like I tell everybody, you have an estate. Everybody has an estate. You have stuff. And when you're not here, that stuff is still here and it needs to be dealt with. So the nicest thing you can do for somebody, especially your family and people that you say you love and like when you're here, is leave them something clean and easy to handle when you're not here because there's already a lot of stress when you lose a loved one and a lot of um, confusion of thinking. So let's not make the finances that way. Uh, everybody needs a will and everybody has an estate. So it's, it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be very simple and basic, but it, it does have to be taken care of. So there are, and this isn't a show about estates and state planning, but there is an awful lot that happens when you're not here. So you have to deal with your investments, you have to deal with your pet, your clothes, your house, your apartment, your trailer, your car, whatever the case is. So today we're going to start talking about different investment tools. But the reason you want to start investing is because it gets you in the proper uh, habits. It gets you in the, the thinking that you are now starting to save for your future self. And anybody that knows me or has heard this different shows, um, I would like to reference uh, Jeff Bezos. I, I talk about him every so often. Um, I find him fascinating to watch. I find him fascinating the way he built Amazon and uh, his his rationale and the logic that he has. And I just I find him quite fascinating. And one of my favorite things about Jeff Bezos is when he says he's when he makes his decision, he sits down and he talks with his 80 year old self. So if you can imagine yourself talking to yourself at 80 years old, would your 80 year old say self say geez, I really regret that I didn't start saving some money or I really regret that I didn't take that trip or I really regret the opportunity that I, I passed up on. And that's how he started Amazon. He said, am I going to regret having done this or am I going to regret the fact that I didn't try? And the answer to him was, I'm going to regret that I didn't try. So whether Amazon is successful or not, I'm going to regret that I didn't try. Well, I'm pretty sure everybody listening has heard of Amazon. <laughs> and I think we can all agree without having to read any of his complicated financial situation, it's been successful for him. He's done well. So he's not going to have any regrets at 80 that he didn't try that. He's going to be quite happy with himself. So that's the way I look at, I like to look at things. I think that's good. It's good advice. It's easy advice. Everybody can follow it. So when you're 80 years old, are you going to be like, geez, I'm really happy that I started saving $20 a month. And then as it got easier and I got raises and I inherited money or I found money or I won money or however you came into more money, I started saving and investing more money so that when I retired, I had this you know, really nice, comfortable lifestyle that I was able to sustain because I was disciplined when I was younger. And younger is, you know, 50, younger is 40, younger is 30. I mean, if you can get yourself going in your 20s, boy, wouldn't that be fantastic to see all that compounding for 40, 50, 60 years. 
But whatever it is, today is the best day to start. It's not something you need to beat yourself up with because you didn't start earlier. And that's what I tell people when they come in. Well, I know I'm too late. You're never too late. You're starting. And that's the best part. So that's my advice on savings and investments. Just start and just get yourself in the habit of doing something and the habit of actually looking at it. Because a lot of people they that do start doing something, then they never look at it. And they don't really understand where they're at. They don't really understand where their taxes. And that's that's a that's a relationship problem, in my opinion. If you have an advisor and you're not you don't you don't meet with your advisor or your advisor doesn't talk to you for for years on end. I mean, you don't have to talk to them every day. And and a lot of the time, once a year is is lots to do an annual review because you like to see if anything's changed. If you have moved or you got a new job or you've had a baby or you know the kids left home or the kids are in school, there's all kinds of life changes that happen. So once a year is a is a great you know, 12 to 18 months is a great time that you want to meet with your advisor. Uh, sometimes you meet with them more frequently, depending on how your estate is set up and how much more help and advice that you need from them. So I have clients that I meet with every year. I have clients that I, I talk to twice a year or, or uh, three times, you know, three, four times a year. It just depends on what their comfort level is and, and frankly, what you're doing in their plan that might need to be done. Some stuff needs to be handled more often than other stuff. So again, like I said, everything is personal. So it doesn't matter. If you're happy meeting with your advisor once every uh, 18 months, then that's what you should be doing. There's no right or wrong answer. So that's my advice when you're looking for somebody. It's a relationship. You want to have, you know, this is my plan. These are my goals. This is my lifestyle that I want to have. And then your advisor is going to be one that when they review it with you, they're going to say, okay, these are our plans. These are your goals. These are your lifestyle requirements. Where are we at? How are we doing with it? Well, we're on track. We're not off track. We've got it a little bit off track, but we're back on track. And those things happen. And that's why you meet so that when you get off track, then you can make those course corrections. So that's really my uh, investing 101 under, uh, for for anybody that's thinking about doing it. Uh, just talk to somebody. Talk to your friends. But uh, And I know there's a lot of information out there about being able to do it yourself and robo-advisors and so on. Just remember, advice is from the advice from the professionals, it's not perfect, but it, they usually have more information and are more helpful than not having somebody because they spend their whole day and that's their job to understand, to read, to stay up on it, to talk to, to different people in the industry, to know what's going on. So, I mean, it's a balancing act. It's a decision you make. And maybe you start out by yourself and then you maybe move into an advisor relationship. Uh, whatever works for you is the right answer. So we're going to take our first break of the night and then we're going to come back and I'm going to tell you the difference between TFSAs and RSPs and some of these acronyms that we use and then we're going to talk about what's best for you in terms of how to decide. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble on the Inspired Choices Network and we'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com.
Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network with your host, Kathy Cook-Noble. And I'm always excited to be talking about financial ideas and concepts so that we can break it down for you. And I always encourage you, if you have a question, please join us in the chat room live or email it after the show or contact us you know, by phone or by email or you can go online at our Inspired Choices Network and uh, check out all the different places where we're, we are on a platform, and then you can join us live or however you can get it to us, whatever your comfortable mode of communication is, send it over and we'll do the work and find out what the answer to the question is. So today we're talking about TFSAs, RSPs, both. What's the, what are they? What are they? What's best for me? Um, do I get better investing in one over the other? Are the results better in one over the other? So these are all abbreviations that we have to wait, sort of walk our way through. So let me start with... Um, uh, an RSP, an RRSP, a Registered Retirement Savings Plan. So in Canada, these are probably the most popularly known investments. Uh, these and something called a GIC, a Guaranteed Investment Certificate. So the RRSP is an investment uh, vehicle. Something like a GIC is the investment. So the investment vehicle is an RSP. That means that we can take some money and we can invest it in different funds or stocks or a GIC or whatever the case is, and it goes into something called an RRSP, the Registered Retirement Savings Plan. So what happens when you invest your money in these RRSPs is that you get an amount of money deducted off of your taxes, so if you put $1,000 in your RSP, that $1,000 gets claimed on your tax return. And then you can have uh, it applied to your taxes as a reduction. Now, it's not a dollar for dollar. Um, you can't just do a dollar for dollar deduction because there's limits on it. So anything, I used to, to joke with my class, I'd say anything with an R means rules. So registered retirement savings plan, there's rules to it. So you're allowed 18% to a maximum amount each year, and the government sets that of your income that you can put in RSPs. So you can't just say, oh, I made $200,000. I'm going to put 
$100,000 in an RSP. You don't get to do that, so you can reduce your taxes. There's rules that go with it. There's rules on how much you can have as a limit to your RSP. There's rules on how you withdraw your money from an RSP. There's rules on how the taxes get paid with your RSPs. But in general, what happens is an RSP, you put money into it, that money goes onto your tax return and helps reduce the amount of tax that you own. So you are not getting away from paying the tax. You are just deferring the tax. Big, big difference. And I and I have to stress this because I have a lot of people that ask me this because they didn't understand about the tax implications when they turn 71. So what happens is it, you become, you turn 71, the year, calendar year, at the end of the calendar year, you turn 71. You have to, you have to, remember these are rules. You have to move your RSP into something called a registered retirement income fund. And it, you convert it. It's not a big deal. It's painless. It's just one account rolls over into another account. No big deal. However, you have to start withdrawing the minimum amount of money out of your RIF now. Your RSP becomes a RIF, Registered Retirement Income Fund. So then you are withdrawing a minimum amount that's required based on income to come out. And that money is having taxes withheld, which means they're being submitted to you, for you, from the fund company to the government. Uh, now, why do you do this? Well, the government's rules are you can defer the tax. You don't get out of paying the tax. You can defer it. And when you withdraw it, the money, the tax money automatically gets sent to the revenue agency. So in here, in Canada, it's the Canadian Revenue Agency, CRA. And that money gets sent there. And then you get a form that says you submitted that money to CRA, which goes on your taxes and any adjustments get to be made about whether or not you paid, you get a refund or you, you paying your taxes. That, that all gets mixed into the whole pool of your taxes. So your tax filing. Now, the reason this is important is because people who have been under the impression that I'm just going to put all my money in RSPs and when I retire, then I have this money and I'll withdraw and I'll have the same lifestyle you are paying at your marginal tax rate of that income withdrawal. So that means this has got to be part of your tax planning because all your money that you're going to have in your tax years is going to be taxable. And you have to start taking it out at 71, whether you need it or not. And at 91, you have to have all the taxes paid, whether you like it or not. So it's it's a great vehicle for investing. And it's like everything else that I've said, it may or may not be for you, but it does go as part of your plan on your whole plan if you have them. So that means that we may have RSPs, we may have TFSAs, which we'll talk about. We may have money that's just in an open account. We might have money in segregated funds. We might have money in all kinds of different areas of investments, and that all plays a part of the overall plan. So the RRSP is, remember I mentioned that it's based on the allowance is based on what your income is. So 18% of your income up to a maximum amount of money that the government sets is what you are allowed to contribute to an RSP. If you contribute more than what you are allowed to contribute, then there are penalties. And the government is not happy about that. So you will pay over-contribution fees and you'll pay the tax on over-contributing. So you want to be careful and you want to know what that rule is and how much that is. The other thing you want to know is that you can carry forward your RSPs. 
So if I don't contribute any money to my RSPs this year, then I can contribute that amount plus next year's contribution amount. And if I don't contribute any money next year, I'll have this year, I'll have next year, and I'll have the following year's contribution amount. So it keeps adding up. So there's lots of people who have a lot of room to contribute to their RSPs because they haven't contributed and maxed out whatever their contribution limit was that year. Now, having said that, if you withdraw your RSPs, so say you decided that, oh, life, you know, and I've, I've seen this, I don't ever recommend it for anybody, but they want to go on a trip and they withdraw their money from their RSPs, you pay the tax, you might pay a penalty depending on how your money's invested, and you lose that contribution limit to reinvest. So if your contribution limit is maxed out and you withdraw $5,000, you do not get to put that $5,000 back in when you get more money. You will, however, the following year, if you're still working, you'll get that contribution limit based on your income. But this, you don't, that's new contribution. You don't get to re-contribute what you withdraw. So there's important things to remember about that. And that's why I say, you know, it's, it's easy enough for a lot of these commercials to say, oh yeah, you can do it yourself. And you can. You, you, for sure you can do some investing yourself. But you have to understand a lot of the pieces that work together. And that's why it sometimes makes more sense to work with a professional because you have to watch these taxes and and how they all will play in now and play in later into your plan and how they will affect your money and how it grows and and, uh, when and how things have to be done. So it doesn't hurt to talk to a professional if you have questions. So those are what our RSPs are. Now... If you remember, I, I don't know, for those of you who are um, from Canada, you might know of uh, David Chilton. He's was known for writing a book called The Wealthy Barber, but he's probably a lot more known for to people now for being on Dragon's Den. And that's the Canadian version of Shark Tank. So for any of you out there that have watched Dragon's Den or Shark Tank, David Chilton was on there. And he actually did write some information in an article about the difference between TFSAs and RSPs and what they are. So he just I'm just going to give you a little bit of his reading to hopefully make it sound a little bit easier, even more of what I've said. He says, when you make an RSP contribution, you get to deduct that amount from your taxable income. The investments inside your RSPs grow free of tax while they stay in the plan. Down the road, however, when money is withdrawn directly from the RSP or from the registered retirement income fund, that risk that I told you about, or an annuity, which we didn't talk about, uh, which is another option that it can go to. It's to the RSP can be converted. It will be taxable. So very similar to what we said. Um, and it's, it's amazing. A lot of people still don't fully grasp that last part about the taxes. And a lot of times you see, uh, he says, I see net worth statements where the full value of an individual's RSP is listed on the asset side, but no corresponding eventual tax owing amount is recorded on the liability side. So you may have a $110,000 RSP, but you also have a partner known as the government waiting patiently for its share. And that share is in the term of taxes. So that that's a really, really good distinction for people. And I think to understand that, you want to be able to say, um, you know what, part of our liability is going to be the taxes that we have to pay on that. So when you're calculating, if you're doing it yourself, be very, very careful that when you're looking at your retirement and you're saying, oh, I have all these RSPs, I have you know, $500,000 in RSPs, 
then that means I have $500,000 in retirement. You don't. You have $500,000 less your taxable income coming out of that, and that is what you end up with. And I can assure you it's not $500,000. So those are some things that I, I just wanted to highlight for the RSPs. We're, going, we're coming up to our first break, and when we take our first break, um, when we come back, I want to go through the same thing on a TFSA. And today I just want to compare really the two of them so that you can walk away and say, okay, the difference between them I understand. I understand they're both vehicles that I can use for investments, and I understand that I can invest just about anything inside of those vehicles to make my investments work. And it's all part of my overall plan. It's all part of my tax plan. It's all part of my retirement plan. It's part of your estate plan. It's all part of your uh, tax efficiency. So these are not all different plans. It's all the same one. It just all comes together and, and nicely ties things ties things together so that you can see how much tax you're going to be paying. You're going to be looking at um, how much money you need in your retirement. There, it's it's kind of cool, actually. And when I say kind of cool, it's actually really exciting that you can see all these things come together and, and you can see what's going to be happening in the future. Instead of having that panic, oh my goodness, now I'm retiring, what happens? You can have that, hey, I have a plan for my retirement and things are looking good. I just have to go out and enjoy my life and stay on track with my plan. That's all. And it, it does make it a lot less stressful and a lot easier when you have it. So we're going to take our second break of the night uh, and when we come back, we'll talk about the, the TFSAs. So don't go anywhere. We're dispelling these confusing parts of our RSPs in Canada and our TFSA in Canada. So you are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. We will be right back talking about our TFSAs, RSPs, or both. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Don't go anywhere. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. 
You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network, and I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and today we're talking about TFSAs versus RSPs. These are very Canadian investment terms, but they are very similar to the American terms of uh, 401ks and IRAs. So here's uh, we talked about the RSPs and how they work before we went to break. Now here's what we're going to do and talk about the TFSAs. So what does TFSA stand for? Well, it stands for something called a tax-free savings account. I have to tell you right off the bat, I think it's one of the best investments with one of the worst names. Because when you hear the word savings account, everybody thinks it's just a bank account. And the reality is this is an investment tool. So like our RSPs, we can invest different uh, funds or stocks or other kinds of GICs, other kinds of investments inside of this tax-free savings account vehicle. So people look at it in Canada and they think, oh, it's a savings account, and most of them just have it as a bank account. And we all know that bank accounts aren't paying you a lot of interest, so you're really not taking advantage of this particular vehicle. So what are, what is it? Let's talk about it. A tax-free savings account is a tool that does exactly what it says. It lets you invest your money in whatever you're investing it in, a fund, let's call it, tax-free. So unlike your RSP, where you can deduct it off your taxes, you cannot deduct the TFSA off of your taxes. It has no effect on your taxes. So you're going to, if you're going to put $1,000 in your RSP, and that's going to be deducted off your taxes, and you're going to put $1,000 in your tax-free savings account, you're not going to have any impact on your taxes whatsoever. They're not going to care. They're not even going to ask you for it. Now, having said that, you'd be like, oh, why would I want to do that? So that $1,000 is reducing my taxable income, which means I'll get a refund. Well, you're deferring the tax. Remember, we talked about deferring the tax. You're not paying it today. You're paying it in the future. A tax-free savings account, you're not paying tax, period. So you're not paying it now. You're not deferring it. You're not paying in the future. That particular investment is growing tax-free. So if your $1,000 grows to be uh, $1,800, that $800 growth is not taxable. Versus in other investment tools, the, the growth is taxable. So like your RSP. Uh, now, why would you do that? Again, all plans are different. All plans are specific. We're talking in general, so I'm not saying everybody should run out and get this or run out and get something else. I'm saying you should have a conversation or do your own research on it and say, is this right for me? So with a tax-free savings account, you want to invest your money and you want it to grow tax-free. So you're able to put your money in it and you're able to let it grow for the next 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 10, 12 years. doesn't matter. Whatever the number is, it's still going to grow tax-free. Now, again, it's a government program and there are some rules that go with it. So every year we get another, just like we did with our RSP, we get another contribution allowance. So this year you got another $6,000. So if you were, uh, if you're over 18 since 2009, then you're eligible to have all of the tax-free savings account contribution limits that you could have been entitled to. So that means if you've never contributed to your 
tax-free savings account and you fit into the age, then you are allowed to put $69,500 into your tax-free savings account investment or just a tax-free savings account if that's what you have. So what happens in this particular case? And now the RSP contribution limit is based on your income of 18% up to the maximum for that year. The tax-free savings account is also based on a maximum, but it's set by the government. So in this case, I mentioned 2020, it's $6,000. Same as 2019, however, 2018 was only 5,500. So you just have to look and see what the limit is going to be that year. So here's what we're gonna do. If if we're gonna invest in a tax-free savings account, we have the ability to invest up to $69,500 as of today, assuming you're over, you've been over 18 and, and you've grown the limit amount, you just haven't done anything with it. So you have this contribution allowance that you're allowed to put in. So today we put $69,500 into our TFSA investment because we just learned about it and we're going to do this. You cannot, again, like your RFP, over contributing will cause a lot of stress for you and a lot of cost. There's penalties and interest that go with it. You cannot over-contribute to it. Um, Unlike your RSP, though, if you withdraw money from your tax-free savings account, you don't lose the contribution room. So remember when I said if you withdraw money out of your RSP, you lose that contribution limit and you can't re-put that $5,000 back in that you withdrew to go on vacation, Um, which I don't recommend doing, but, you know, we did talk about it. (laughs) But if you withdraw $5,000 from your tax-free savings account, you do not lose that contribution limit and you don't pay tax on it. So if you're going to withdraw money from something, doesn't it make sense? If you're having, if you're doing your investments and you run into, and this happens, we all know people uh, that have had some financial hiccups and you have to take some money out of your investments or your savings. Well, isn't it a little bit more of a stressor if you have to pay tax on it too and you lose part of it? So here you can at least withdraw it and not have any tax consequences. Now, again, you have to be careful how it's invested because I don't want to see you get penalties either, but all that will be disclosed based on however you're investing it. But uh, in theory, you could have a tax-free savings account where you pay no tax, you have no penalties associated with it, depending on how it's set up, and it's not going to lose the contribution limit. So this year, you might not have contributed $6,000, so you still have $6,000 worth of room. Now, next year, assuming that it's going to be 6000 again, we won't know until the government says that's what it's going to be, but let's pretend it's going to be $6,000. Now you have 12000 you can invest, and you can put that in all at once, or you can sprinkle it in over time, or you can just do a few lump sums here and there, or you can not do it and not lose it. So you're not going to lose that contribution room if you don't contribute. And then if you decided, well, t- this year you took out $5,000 as a withdrawal, well, next year you can re-put, re-contribute that money without any penalty. You have to be very careful because of the limits. You don't want to have any appearance of over-contribution. That's why it's really helpful to work with a professional because they make sure you don't uh, withdraw at the wrong or re-contribute at the wrong time. So what you're going to do is you're going to have that potential to... Uh, re-contribute that $5,000 and get that uh, investment growing tax-free without the penalty. So 
Yes, that is exactly right. The question in the chat room is there TFSAs are good to have in cases where you need to withdraw funds for unplanned life events without being taxed or penalized. That's exactly true. That's exactly what you can use it for. They double for investments, emergency funds, savings. Like They can be very handy all the way around. So some people say, when you look at it, um, are RSPs better? Well, it depends on your in, your situation. Now, I have some information, and some people say that the RSPs are better, um, even if you pay tax on it. So when you save your money in an RSP, your savings or your refund is calculated at the marginal tax rate. So that's the highest tax rate you pay. And this is the same in Canada, the U.S., wherever. Um, you calculate your marginal tax rate. But when you withdraw, you can consider your income tax retirement as an average rate. So the idea here is typically your retirement income needs are going to be 80% of the pre-retirement income. So theoretically, they talk about needing paying less tax in your retirement because your needs are going to be less. But that's not always the case. And that's um, some people aren't saving for their retirement. So things aren't quite that easy for them. But you have to set some of the money aside before you retire because after you retire, you're probably not saving money because you're in retirement mode. So keeping all this in mind, RSPs um, versus TFSAs, you want to have a look at and say, okay, which one's better for me based on my old age security clawback in Canada, um, my CPP, which is my Canada pension plan, um, whether or not these things all have an effect on, they, they're all going to have an effect on your taxes. And I don't want to make it too cumbersome because there are a lot of pieces that can contribute and not everybody has a, the same effect of these different pieces that fit it together. So I would say just know the difference right now between an RSP and a TFSA. And for the most part, the biggest difference is the taxes. And you can invest the same investment inside of an RSP uh, usually as you can inside of a TFSA. So it's not like you're going to get better funds if you do it in RSP or you're going to get better returns if you do it in a TFSA. You can do exactly the same fund in, in the same vehicle if you want. Um, so I would say there's some suggestions that when you start to, when should you use your TFSA instead of an RSP? Well, a lot of people say, and, and rightfully so, when you're planning on saving for a large purchase, if it's long or short term, um, if your current income is well ex well under your expected future one, uh, your future income, um, if you're not planning on changing your lifestyle, if having some money in your TFSA, that, that can really help you avoid taxes on large expenses during retirement. And it can even help you avoid some old, old age, um, your old age savings clawback if you're on an income level that's high enough. So that's in Canada. Um, those are government programs. But um, for the most part, you want to look at both of them. Some will tell you an RSP is better than a TFSA, but it really depends on what your income is going to be. So what's the bottom line? Um, how are you going to use this TFSA to get a better investing result? So what are you going to do? You're going to put your money, you're going to start in 2020, and you're going to put your, your $6,000 limit in. If you've never invested it before, then you're going to have that extra contribution allowance. Remember, I said if you're 18 years of age or older since 2009, so if you were 25 in 2009, you do not have the same contribution limit. But if you were 18 or older in 2009, then you do have the full 69500 So the way it works is the year you turn 18. So if you turned 18 last year, 
you have 2019's contribution limit and you have 2020's contribution limit. That's $12,000. So that's what you can put as a maximum in your in your, your tax-free savings account for contribution limit. So I hope that didn't confuse everybody, but uh, the these are all, when whenever we're dealing with government programs, you know we all have these rules that we have to follow and there's lots of reasons why it's helpful to have a financial professional because they can help navigate through some of the rules for you and just make it your own. So bottom line, the year you turn 18, that's when you can open up a tax-free savings account and that's when you start to contribute or accumulate your contribution limit. So if you turn 18 this year, you have $6,000 in contribution limit. That is all. If you were if you were 20 in 2009 and you're going to start this year to contribute into your TFSA, you don't have the contribution limit for or sorry, you do have the contribution limit for the entire length that the TFSA has been around, which has been since 2009 because you were over the age of 18 which means you have the total of 69500 that you can contribute today as your contribution limit. So we're going to take our second break. Let your brains have a break. Digest that difference between an RSP and a TFSA. And one is about the taxes now and one is about the taxes later. So take a break and digest that. We'll come back and wrap up our conversation about RSPs and TFSAs. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network with me, your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and I'll see you right back here after the next break. Don't go anywhere. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook-Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network with your host, Kathy Cook-Noble. 
And we have been talking about tax-free savings accounts versus RRSPs. And the big part of the story is it's all about the taxes. And if you are paying attention to how the taxes are going to be deducted or how the taxes are going to affect your investment, then that's what's really going to make the difference on what you do and how you do it. So TFSAs are, are one of the most misunderstood vehicles that is out there. And this is one that we have in Canada that we've had for 10 years now, since uh, just over 10 years, since 2009, actually. And a lot of people don't have them or a lot of people don't understand the use for them because it's called a tax-free savings account and people think it's a bank account. And it's, although, yes, banks do advertise them and they, yes, they do set them up as bank accounts. Um, there's really, it's, it's really not being used to the maximum ability that it can be used to because it's a, an opportunity to really invest. I, I and a lot of people in the investment world think they should have been tax-free investment accounts by name because it would make more sense to people to understand that, hey, you can actually invest money inside of them. So this is a tax, and we didn't get into taxes and marginal tax rate, but this really is a tax question. So these are things uh, that you want to talk to your advisor about or you just want to read more about or look something up. But these are definitely areas that you want to explore more for your tax planning and for your overall um, investment plan. Because taxes, if you don't pay attention to them or you don't account for them, they can, they're like blood pressure. They're the silent killer if you're not paying attention. You don't see or feel anything until it's right there upon you and then there it is, you're paying it. So you got to really be aware of what's happening with your taxes. So, you know, people, even with income, I, I see people and they're, they're making more money, which is, they think is great, but they're also paying more tax. So you just have to be careful on how things get structured. So the moral of the story is a tax-free savings account versus an RSP, well, that depends on your situation and what it is you're looking to accomplish. It's also what your goals are in the future. Uh, ideally, if you're looking to, like I mentioned before, if you mentioned, if you're looking to save for a trip, Say you want to go on a big family vacation or a special trip that you're planning with with friends or family or, or partners, whatever the case is. Uh, say the trip is going to be going on in a year and a half and you want to save for that trip, but you don't want to have your money locked in so that you can't access it, but you don't want to sit in a bank account and not make you any money off it. So sure, you can invest it and you can put it in a tax-free savings account under the investment and when you're ready in a year or a half or a year, whatever it is, when you go on that trip, you can now withdraw that money and use it for your trip. And then when you're ready and you're back and you have extra money from, you know, your raises or your bonuses or second job or whatever the money comes from, you can actually recontribute that money that you took out for the trip. So it's a nice savings as well because you can make some real investment interest because you can invest it like a real investment. And then you can withdraw it when you when you want. So it does have that flexibility, like a bank account, so where you can deposit and withdraw. And the difference, of course, is that there, you have the you have the opportunity to actually make some investment growth on your money. So that's that's where one of the areas. It's also very good for long term planning. So say you max out your RSPs and you still have money to invest, then you would be looking at doing a TFSA because you never had one before. So that way you're growing some of your money tax-free. Some of your money is going to be tax-deferred, which means you're paying for it. So when you withdraw it in your retirement years, you're not going to be paying tax on all the money that you withdraw because some of that money that you're using is going to be in, from the tax-free account. Now, it has 
that's why I say it has the option to be a good long-term planning. It's also got the the great short-term planning. So uh, as I always say, like a broken record, uh, check what's best for you. Uh, if you're working with a professional uh, financial advisor, uh, ask them their opinions on it. Uh, if you're not, then you can, there's lots of tools where you can calculate what it looks like if you invested your money in a TFSA or what it looks like if you invested your money in RSP accounting for taxes. Then to give you a, a real quick, the wealthy barber did one and he says that here's the reality of it. If you took a thousand dollars and you put one in a TFSA and one in an RSP and after 20 years of about a 6% growth, your TFSA would be worth both TFSA and RSP would be worth $3,207. And then the tax when you withdraw the money at a rate of about 40%, which would probably be realistic, you have $0 deducted from your TFSA, you have $1,283 deducted from your RSP, and your net total is $3,207 still in the TFSA and $1,924 in the RSP, and that's the money that goes in your pocket. So when you start to look at it and how the tax gets uh, included, you can't forget as well that all those years ago, 20 years ago, when you put that $1,000 in your RSP, you got a $400 tax refund too. So it generated it for you, for, for you 20 years ago, but most people forget that part. They forget that they used those RSPs and got a, generated a refund or generated a bigger refund and then they went and took that money and used it for something else rather than investing it towards the taxes that are going to be paid in the future. So hopefully that didn't confuse everybody. <laughs> hopefully it helped a little bit. Uh, those are two vehicles that we have in Canada that we can use for investing, uh, very similar to what you all have in the United States. Uh, there's similar tools around the world that uh, talk about taxes and tax savings. So every week, join us and we'll break down another topic whether it be taxes or insurance or investments or cannabis, whatever the question is, we try and answer that here for you to help make your life easier and flow better and help you reach your goals. So we'll join you right back here again every week for Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.